Hello and welcome to Thoughts from the Bible. I am Adam Zander and have been serving as a missionary in Romania for over a decade. Join me every week as we look at simple thoughts from the Bible to help us in our daily walk with Christ and our relationships with our fellow man. Hello from Romania. I hope you are doing well today wherever you are located. Last week, we looked at our fourth message from the book of Ephesians called Children of This World. Today, we will look at the fifth message from the book of Ephesians called The Children of God, which is found in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 5 through 18. Chapter 2 starts with six things we had or were before we were born again, before Jesus Christ saves us. We looked at that last time. Let's look today at what we are given when Jesus Christ saves us. These are things we now have by the grace of God, if you are his child, by faith in Christ alone. Number one today, a child of God is now alive in Christ. Let's read that in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Our body is still dead in sin, but our spirit has been made alive, and we now have the Holy Spirit." The power now living in us will raise up our bodies to new life one day. Let's read Romans chapter 8 verses 9 through 11 that speak about this. Romans chapter 8 verses 9 through 11. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Because we are now alive, we should not walk in sin. Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 14, the Bible says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. We are also a new creature and have a new life in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So first today, a child of God is now alive in Christ. Second today, a child of God is risen with Christ. Let's read that in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places 
in Christ Jesus. When a person is born again by the Holy Spirit, they are risen to new life in Christ. When Jesus nailed our sins to the cross, we became dead to sin. We were spiritually buried and then risen with Christ in the new birth. Let's read about that in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And then Romans chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. And then one more verse about this. Colossians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Bury with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So a child of God has been risen with Christ. Third, a child of God now sits together in heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, And hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It is amazing that in the eyes of God, we are kings and priests. We can now sit in heavenly places and enjoy the glory and power of God himself. Let's read that in Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Our eyes should now be looking towards heaven, where our Savior sits on the right hand of the Father. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So we are now sitting in heavenly places in Christ, according to Ephesians chapter 2. Fourth, today, a child of God will continue to receive the exceeding riches of his grace through Christ Jesus. We not only received grace and mercy from God when he saved us, but will continue receiving more and more grace as time goes by. This is a theme repeated in the book of Ephesians. The riches of the mercy and grace of God in our lives is incredible. Let's read three passages from the book of Ephesians that mention this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. 
And then Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. And then Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 21, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Life is hard, but what is it compared to the riches and glory we will have with Christ in the future? Let's read one more passage in the Bible that speaks about this abundant grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 15 through 18. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Number five today, a child of God is saved from their sins and the wrath of God by grace alone. Let's read Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This is one of the greatest verses in the Bible to prove that salvation is by faith alone and not by works. It is only by the grace of God we are what we are. It is only through His grace our sins are forgiven and we are His children. What is the grace of God? The grace of God is His good favor, kindness, love, and influence in our life. It is the source of all the good and help we receive from Him. That is why Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Let's read a few verses about the grace of God. Acts chapter 15, verse 11, But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. And then 2 Timothy 1.9, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. We are saved and made part of the family of God by faith in Christ and the grace of God. We are not saved from our sins by any good works or goodness we may have. It is by the grace of God alone that we are made His children. Number six today, a child of God has received the gift of God, which is eternal life. Ephesians 2.8, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. 
We have not only received the mercy and grace of God, but he gave us the gift of eternal life. Let's read Romans chapter 5, verses 14 through 18. As we read this passage, notice how many times the word gift is mentioned. I believe it's mentioned about six times in this passage. Romans chapter 5, verses 14 through 18. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many." And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ." Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification. God has given us the gift of eternal life. Romans chapter 6 verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then one more verse in the Bible that speaks about his gift. I like this verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 15. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. So in Ephesians chapter 2, we learn that God has given us the gift of eternal life. Number seven today, a child of God is the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Let's read again Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 and then also read verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 10. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are the workmanship of God. After he saves us, he begins this good work in us, and he will finish it. He can help us abound in good works. Good works do not save us from our sins. Verse 9 tells us that clearly. But are good works bad? Of course not. After God saves us, good works bring glory to God, edify the brethren, and are a very good testimony to this lost world. So we should be walking in good works. Christ began this good work in us and will finish it. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Notice he began the work. He begins it in your life. He saves you so that now you can do good works. But he began it and he will finish it. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. 
So number seven, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Number eight, a child of God is brought close or nigh to God by the blood of Christ. Ephesians chapter two, verses 13 and 14. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. We looked at this in chapter 1, verse 5. In that verse, we were adopted into the family of God. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Before Christ saved us, we were Gentiles in the flesh, unless you happen to be a Jew. We were called uncircumcision by the circumcision, aliens and strangers from the promises of God and without hope and God in this world. But now we who were once far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. We can now be part of the family of God, fellow citizens with the saints, and have direct access to the Father. Let's read that in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Ninth and last today, a child of God now has peace. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 14 through 18. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father." Both Jews and Gentiles can now have peace with the Father. We have peace with God, peace with the law, and peace with God's people in the Old Testament Israel. We saw last time, for those who disobey God and His truth, the wrath of God is upon them. This is true of a Jew or Gentile, but both groups can now have peace with God. Just because a person is a Jew does not mean God's wrath is not upon them. If they reject the gospel, then they also will have the wrath of God upon them as the Gentiles. Look how the below verses makes it clear God is not a respecter of persons. Romans chapter 2 verses 7 through 11. To them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. 
But glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. There has always been a gulf between the Jews and Gentiles. The Gentiles were outside, unclean, unholy, heathens. There is much strife between the two groups. But through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, they are now made one. This world spends much time and money trying to make peace in the Middle East. However, Jesus Christ and the salvation he offers is the only true way we can have such peace between the two groups in our time. One day he will rule and reign on earth with a rod of iron and there will be peace, at least on the surface. But these two groups can also have peace now when they both trust Jesus as their Savior. Let's read one more verse for today. Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 22. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and, having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated in enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled, in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. So we now have peace with God as his child. Today we have looked at nine things a child of God has the moment Christ saves them. What a blessing it is to know we have peace with God and will live forever with our Savior. Next week, if God allows, we will look at another message from Ephesians chapter 2. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have a wonderful day and will meditate on all the things God has given His children.